It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, Matt Hausman here, Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hope you are having a great day. And you know, it's hard to believe that we are already into the third quarter of 2019. And what I wanted to do today was kind of go over a a to-do list that I believe is something that we all should be looking at at least every six months. And this is a perfect opportunity for us to look at things in the third and fourth quarter making sure that we're on track no matter where we are in our financial life. So we're going to go over that today. But first, let's make sure we get the disclosure. I don't know you. Well, you know, I might know you, but there's probably a good chance that I don't know you. So therefore, please, please, please do not take what I discuss on this show as direct advice for you. Treat it more as information and education that then you should discuss with your advisor, attorney, CPA, or whoever you normally seek out counsel, if you do seek out counsel. Now, if you would like for me or us to be your advisor, we can certainly have that conversation. But I caution you that normally we only take on about 50% of those that do seek us out. And it's not because we are overly selective. We just feel very strongly that there's a right reason to hire an advisor, but there's also a wrong reason to hire an advisor. So if you'd like to seek us out and have that conversation, there are multiple ways that you can do that. Probably the easiest is to call my office at 610-719-3003. That's 610-719-3003. Or you can simply go to speakwithmatt.com. And either way you go, you can schedule a time for us to meet or to simply speak. And if you're not in the metro Philly area or northern Delaware, not to worry. We actually have clients in 10 states and we're very comfortable with working with clients virtually if that's something you are interested in. All right, let's jump right into this. So one of the things, I did a workshop the other day and there's a lot of questions with regards to understanding where your money is. You guys hear me talk about this, preach about this all the time. And it's so important. And what I would be telling you right now, especially if you are still working, and so many times when we're working, if the company is offering us some type of a qualified retirement plan, like a 401k or a 403b, is understanding where we're putting our money, not only for the allocations or the different investments that are offered, but then also understanding is the traditional 401k or 403b the only option that we have. Is there a 401k option? You know, over the course of the last six months, I have met with clients, the ones that are still working. And that's one of the first things I bring up. Hey, listen, have you spoke to HR and have they offered now a Roth 401k option? Because right now, if that option now becomes available to you, there are so many reasons why I would encourage you to really look at, if at anything, dividing your contributions up between the traditional 401k and the Roth 401k. The other thing would be is that in the event you are getting a match, understanding where you put your money, where is the company 
going to put the match for you. And so let me give you an example. I have a couple clients that work for a very large firm. And in their case, it doesn't matter where they put the money. They're going to get the match, but the match will only go into the traditional 401k option. I have other clients that work for a, another pretty large firm. And in that case, they get to decide where that money is going. So they could be putting all of their money into the Roth option, Roth 401k option, along with choosing for the match to go in to the Roth 401k option. So I would highly encourage you to look at that. So once again, we want to take a look, first of all, at where our assets are from a 30,000 foot view. The only thing we're looking at first is tax characterization. There's a completely different tax process from traditional retirement accounts now with the option of Roth. I'll give you an example. Maggie and I currently right now, based on where the tax code is, I really don't see it's an advantage to put money into the traditional 401k because of where I anticipate tax rates to be in the future. In addition, with the tax rates so low right now, I'd rather just pay the money and get as much as I can into the Roth. The other thing, the Roth 401k, let me make sure I always am saying that because a traditional Roth IRA is going to behave much differently from a Roth 401k option. Mainly what happens there is in the Roth 401k, we don't have income limitations, meaning that if we are making too much money, then we can't put money into a traditional Roth IRA, but we can put money into the Roth 401k option. So what we're doing is we're maxing out what we can do every year into that Roth option, which by the way, is considerably more than into a traditional Roth IRA. So really be looking at where your money is now, you know, at that 30,000 foot view. And do I need to be putting money into a Roth? I would highly encourage everyone to do that because, you know, we don't get relief, tax relief when we put the money in, but man, oh man, do we get tax relief when we take it out? Why? Because we don't pay tax upon the distributions. And those accounts, those Roth accounts currently, and even with what's been proposed under the SECURE Act, are not subject to minimum distribution requirements. Now, the second thing I would tell you to look at when you're looking at now where the money is going into is what investments are you doing? What are your allocation options, first of all, and where are you putting it in? And are you paying attention to the risk that you are taking based on where those contributions are going? I'm, I'm always amazed on how many times people will come in and will be having a conversation and they'll describe to me that they're really more of a moderate maybe even a moderate conservative investor, yet when we take an analysis of where their monies are invested, they're taking on way more risk than what they initially thought they were. The other thing we want to be thinking about is where we are in life. You know, as we get closer to retirement, taking some of that, I spoke about this probably about two or three months ago, taking some of that risk off the table because of different purposes of our money becomes very important. So this is a great time halfway, a little over halfway through the year to start analyzing how much risk are we taking? Where's our money going? And where's our money going from an investment standpoint? Where's our money going from a tax perspective? The other thing would be, is it time to look at rebalancing our portfolio, our, our invested money? Is now a good time to look at it? Does it need to be rebalanced? 
What does that mean? Rebalance means if I have diversified my portfolio and I have different percentages in different asset classes, some people might diversify based on sectors. However you're doing it, what you want to look at there is if those percentages, and I'm just going to use, let's say, a moderate portfolio, it's 50% stock, all invested in the S&P, and then 50% invested in the bond market, all intermediate domestic bonds. And let's say that my stock percentage has gone up, and now as an overall portfolio, it's up to like 55 or 58%, and my bond portion of the portfolio has fallen. What we want to do then is we want to get our percentages back to what originally we wanted them to be, 50-50. So we're going to sell some of the stuff that's up, and we're going to purchase some of the stuff that's down to get us back in to those percentages. Great opportunity right now. I always suggest I look at this stuff quarterly. Our clients, we are analyzing their accounts on a quarterly basis to see if rebalancing needs to happen. I would suggest that you're doing it at a minimum of once every six months. So definitely, this is definitely something that I would suggest that you look at and start to take action on. The other thing I would tell you is we're halfway through the year. Look at where are you at and what's your tax return potentially going to look like when you file it next year for this tax year. We understand that the new tax laws went into effect, and one of the things it dramatically affected was how we use or can use the Schedule A and our deductions. And depending on what's happening in your life this year and where your deductions are, if you've had medical expenses or if you've been donating to charities, where you are if you still have a mortgage, where's your interest, where's your real estate taxes, if you live in a state with state income tax, where are you at? Are you approaching the SALT limit currently at $10,000? And in the event that you are getting close to or over the standard deductions amount, maybe one of the things that I heard a tax attorney talk about with the new tax code is lumping our charitable contributions in all of them in one year, and we're skipping a couple years so we can take advantage of that Schedule A. So right now might be a good time to really analyze where am I at, what do my deductions look like so far, is now or the rest of this year a good tax year to be able to take advantage of charitable contributions or charitable donations. That's something that I would suggest that you look at, and everyone knows that I always talk about this, I would also suggest that you're looking at this again at the end of November. Not only are we looking at charitable contributions or what our Schedule A is going to look like, and is it you know is going to be determined in November, you really get a much better picture, is am I going to be taking the standard or am I actually going to be able to exercise the Schedule A for myself, and it's going to be over and above the standard. The other thing we want to look at now, at the end of the year, is is there opportunity for Roth conversion? And this was a big, a lot of people don't understand because the words are so similar. So we have Roth conversion, we have Roth contribution, completely separate things. The conversion is where I'm taking traditional IRA or 401k type money, and there's a whole process I'm not gonna that you have to do to do this, but essentially I'm going to move money out of that qualified pre-tax, fully taxable upon distribution. I'm going to transfer that into a conversion into a Roth account. One thing we want to realize when that happens, we're creating a tax event. 
So if we go back and we're looking at where's our Schedule A going to be at, can we bump it up this year, are we going to be over and above what the standard is, maybe it's also a time because of that to look at a Roth conversion. Again, conversion is much different than a contribution. Contributions are limited depending on, as I mentioned earlier, is it going into a Roth 401k? Is it going into a Roth IRA? Where's my income level at? It can restrict on how much we put in. On a conversion, quite frankly, the IRS doesn't care where your income is. They just want to make sure you're going to be responsible for the tax dollar on whatever you convert. So right now could be a, a good time to start analyzing that. Definitely want to start looking at that midway through the fourth quarter. So again, looking at where our money is from a tax perspective, where our investments are, how much we're contributing, asking and making sure we understand if our company offers a match, what that match looks like, and then looking at what our Schedule A is going to look like this year. And should we be bumping up our charitable contributions. The other thing I would suggest that you're looking at right now, especially when you're looking at rebalancing your your investments, this is going to be for non-qualified money, is in addition to the rebalancing, you want to look at taking advantage of tax loss harvesting. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about that. You guys can do some research out there. There are certain limitations on how you're doing that, but tax loss harvesting can be a great way, especially in the rebalancing when I'm looking to sell one by another is as long as we're paying attention to what's called the wash sale rule, which is an IRS regulation when we're doing that, we can offset gains with offsetting losses, many times reducing or eliminating our capital gain tax exposure. So that's something else that I would suggest that you're looking at as part of your non-qualified rebalancing opportunities. The other thing, and I'm always amazed about this, is many of you know that I do workshops many times on taxes, a lot of times on Social Security because of all the changes that happened back in 2015. And people will come in and we'll sit down, have a cup of coffee. And when I ask them, you know, what's your current Social Security amount going to be at full retirement age? And if they have availability to a pension. Do you understand what your pension estimates are? Many times people come in and they don't understand this. They don't look at it. They don't know it. And so I would encourage you right now, go into ssa.gov. There's a retirement estimator right there. You can put your personal information in. They only ask a couple different questions. Boom, it can come up and tell you exactly what it is. I would suggest going to the next step and that is actually creating an account because then you can actually go in and see your earnings history. Your earnings history, just to let you know, is your responsibility to make sure Social Security has it correct. I can't tell you how many times. It probably happens three, four, five times a year where people will come in and be talking with us and let us know after reviewing that some of those years, it might be 15, 20 years ago, the numbers were wrong. Well, guess what? It's your responsibility to get to Social Security and make those changes. And especially if you are eligible for a pension, make sure you are getting those yearly updates to know exactly what you are going to be receiving. It's a huge part of your planning process for when that day comes and you're retired. And Everyone knows my definition of retirement is the paycheck stops. Doesn't necessarily mean I turn on Social Security. Doesn't necessarily mean I turn on the pension. 
but when the paycheck stops, it's so important to understand what those cash flows are going to look like as we're planning the next phase of our financial life or going into retirement. The other thing I would tell you to really look at, and many times you guys have heard me talk about this, there is a certain paradigm shift that is happening today with retirees, and that is understanding debt. Debt can be good, it can be bad at any time in our life, especially as we get into retirement. What I would tell you to do is understand the difference between good debt versus bad debt. If you currently have debt that's high interest rate, there's so many opportunities. You know what? Interestingly enough, I've had three clients contact me within the last two weeks that are looking to do refis. Interestingly enough, all of them are currently retired. One of them is actually also, I have another one looking to purchase a home. Mortgage interest rates are ridiculously low. In all cases, it was 3.5% to 3 and 5 eighths. I mean, that is dirt cheap money. That type of debt, I would classify as good debt because the cost on the money is so cheap. Many times right now, car loans are so, I mean, my mom, for instance, now she ended up leasing hers, but her money value or her money cost as they did the, um, I forget the actual term when they do the leasing, but it was 1.8%. I mean, that is just dirt cheap. On the other side, if you have credit card debt, you can be in the high teens to mid-20s. If you are in that type of debt, that is bad debt. And I would highly suggest right now, this is something you should have a plan and you should be looking at this on a monthly basis, and that is getting out of that bad debt scenario. Again, anything that's over, like in today's rates, I mean, anything over 5% is going to be considered high because of all of the other rates that are so low. Mortgage rates, car rates, those things are ridiculously low. And if your cash flow can support those type of debt instruments, then I think it's okay to have those. But the high interest rate credit cards and stuff like that, you absolutely have to make a plan and stick to the plan to get out of debt because you're essentially in what's called a negative arbitrage situation. Your investments, they can't keep up with an interest rate of 20%. Many times people don't want to take on the risk that that investment would have to be at to get that type of return. So it's so important if you have the bad debt that you are creating a plan and sticking to the plan to get out of debt. So the, here, let's go back and let's actually talk about what we've talked about. Understanding, especially if you're still working, where your money is going. First of all, from a tax perspective, do I have an opportunity for a Roth 401k? If I'm getting a match, depending on where I put my money, where is the company going to put the match? Then we go the second level down, we start looking at the investments. And is it a time to take advantage of rebalancing, changing our current allocations to stick to our model plan. If we're looking at taxes, we want to go back and look at where's our Schedule A going to be at next year when we sit down with the accountant or if we're doing it ourselves. It's so important to be doing that now and not be doing it when all of your documents come in in mid to late February or 1st of March. So looking at that is now a chance to really take advantage of the Schedule A, increasing our charitable contributions to take advantage of the Schedule A. Looking at our non-qualified or after-tax investments, should we, in the rebalancing process of that portfolio, should we also be looking at are there tax-loss harvesting opportunities? The other thing is making sure our Social Security, 
and our pensions are up to date and we have those values and that's extremely important for planning purposes and if we are in a bad debt situation where we have bad debt then we need to make a plan stick to the plan and most importantly get out of debt as soon as possible so listen i hope you guys can take those lists and actually start working with them right now we're in the third also we have some things that we're going to want to be doing in the fourth quarter we talked about looking at what's the roth conversion opportunities if there are any now or during the tax year is when you want to look at that stuff you don't want to be looking at that after 1231 of this year. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got for today. It was kind of a quick one. Hopefully this has been helpful and you guys can utilize this and start taking action with it. So listen, I want to make sure everyone knows if you want to schedule a time to talk with me, feel free to do that. You can go right to smartmoneyquestions.com or speakwithmatt.com. My online calendar is right there. And I would highly encourage you if you have a scenario or a question or just something you want us to address, you can do that the same place, smartmoneyquestions.com. There's a form there, or you can email us at info at smartmoneyquestions.com. Or also, the last one, pick the phone up and give us a call, 610-719-3003. Listen, everyone, make it a great one, and we will talk to you soon.